Hello, and welcome to the future EGOT-winning Legends of Philadelphia. Delphia, Delphia, Delphia. <laughs> We're your hosts. I'm Johnny Zito, and this is my best friend and business partner, Tony Trove. Hello. Helping out on engineering duties is big Giannis Auto Tempco fan, Brian Bierman. How close was I? What is that? Is that a Japanese wrestler? What is that? No, no, no. He's a basketball. He's, basketball he's, on, the, he's on the Bucks. Giannis oh, okay. Antetokounmpo. Okay. This is like the third take. I, just, I thought you'd get it by now. I just, I just wanted you to. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. Yep. I, I'm sorry for mispronouncing it. You might be asking, is this one of them murder podcasts? Well, in yes. addition to being Philadelphia natives, Tony Trove and I have a little T-shirt yes. business. Yes. Yes. Some, someone's gonna die. <laughs> South Felitti. Felitti, Felitti, Felitti. We all die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our store focuses on Philly culture and in-jokes. Lots of times customers will ask us, do you think Paulie had sex with that robot in Rocky IV? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that, that, that robot was to help autistic children learn. I find this I find this joke to be in bad taste. What are you talking about? It was Paulie's sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> or they want to know if we'll spray them with the hose. Yeah, get off my get off my step. So no, no, we no, decided no, to start hot. this. It's hot. Oh, you oh, want to no, no, get no. sprayed? Yeah. Well, I'm glad we decided to start this podcast as an easy explainer for new Philadelphians and a refresher for the old heads. The city fascinates and excites us, so we're hoping to share that with you. Easy explainer for ourselves. 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 <laughs> so, I just wanted you to say Giannis Antetokounmpo, because I've been watching... Giannis Antetokounmpo. So, he's plays for the Bucks. I've been watching the basketball playoffs, and since the Sixers aren't in it, I'm rooting for the Bucks and the Suns. That's nice of you. But, but so I, I had this, I thought of this, like, all week, and then last night I texted you, I was like, can I write the intro? And you were like, yeah. And as I, I swear on, I swear on Sherman Hemsley, dude, as I was <laughs> writing it, as I was writing it, I'm watching the game, and Giannis, like... He jumps up, he lands, his, like, knee goes backwards, like, the other way. He's, like, taken out of the game. He uh, he didn't play the, any of the rest of the game. I don't know if, I don't know if he's going to play. Him. You cur- I cursed you, you him. I cursed him. I literally cur- I cursed him. Jesus. You put the, you put the maloiks on him. Yikes. I'm sorry. You put the I'm sorry. And then I butchered his name. That's uncalled for. Oh, it, well, it's insult to injury. It's literally insult to injury. Literally insult to injury. Uh, sorry, Giannis. He listens, even though he's from Greece. But <laughs> he loves <laughs> <laughs> So, it, so you know, he says Euro, not Gyro. Yeah, he says yeah. it right. He says it right. He says yeah. it right. And then you came after Paulie real hard with that with yeah, the accusations you know, of the Beerman. of robot sex. First off, first off, I think it is rude for Beerman to bring it up, but second, Zito, you have not seen all the attachments to that robot. In a way, you're both right, you know. Yeah, but we're both right. Maybe it's just not a time to bring it up. Maybe well, just- no, no, because here's the thing. I'm, it's 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 not an accusation. Listen, the robot had a voice. He changed the voice to be like a hot girl's voice. And you're telling me that was just, that, that was all he did? He stopped there? Come on. It's a robot. You're opening up. You're you're asking a lot of questions. You're opening up a lot of avenues for discussion that I don't think Rocky Four is prepared to support. I think 
I think sex robots are an open secret. And I think that, <laughs> that a lot of times when you see robots in these kind of TV shows or movies, it's like they don't say it, but it's sort of implied. No, they say it. Like on Westworld, they say it. <laughs> they show it. No, but I mean like 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 the Jetsons or like uh, the Jetsons. Like <laughs> Like uh, like no. other time other times you see like like or Star Wars you know like it's no, Star it's Wars implied just... it's implied it's just implied no it's not in Star Wars yeah it is that's why that's why R two D two is that height it's exactly <laughs> yeah come on man come on that's that's beneath us I can't believe I I can't believe I'm saying this but that's beneath us all right well you brought you brought up the robot sex <laughs> I <laughs> I did Look, you brought it up you wrote that what are you talking I did write it I did write it. <laughs> Zito brought it up. You made him say it. You made him read it. He said it. it. Zito said it. That's you a good point. That's a good you point. copy and pasted it into the script right before we hit record. And then you said, don't read it. No, you said, no, don't no, read no. it until we're reading it live. You said, don't read it. <laughs> you even said that. You got mad at me because I read the first sentence. And it's, this, is why people, this is why people are tuning off. This is why people don't listen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which reminds me, breaking news, old news. Come by the shop, mention the podcast. I'll give you a sticker. Yeah. yeah, we got stickers. Code word, long hot. <laughs> leave us a review. On, leave us a review on Apple. <laughs> you too, you too, Paul F. Tompkins. You too, <laughs> lady in England. <laughs> right, we did. We, yeah, we'll talk about it more on our errors and omissions episode. But we got some overseas uh, fan mail this week, which was very informative. You too, Aunt Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Aunt Brenda. Freeloading. <laughs> Would it kill you? It's not gonna kill you. No, kill you. All this free content. All, 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 all it'll cost you is, is five stars. What was yesterday, Zito? <laughs> what do you mean? What was yesterday? As this comes out, what was yesterday? If you're listening this, to, it's at twelve midnight when it comes out, as everyone does. What was yesterday? Oh, when this actually comes out, I was like, I was like, nothing, man. It was like Wednesday, but you were referring to when <laughs> no, people it was are Tuesday. Today's Wednesday. You're pretending this is a live broadcast, like 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 TV or radio, and radio. yeah, I'm terrible at it. No one knows we're recording this 2019. As you're tuning in this morning, Monday morning. Yesterday was Fourth uh, of July, and you. Uh, Hopefully had a chance to barbecue with friends and family and get some summer normalcy back into your life. Uh, Philadelphia is very famous for uh, 4th of July. And, uh, and so today we're going to cover the uh, 1976 bicentennial celebration uh, uh, in Philadelphia. The planners had hoped it would showcase the growth and ambitions of the city while also commemorating the 200th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. The big celebrations drew millions of Americans to the city in the summer of 76. It also provoked conflict and ultimately failed to fulfill the dreams of the city and its planners. So today we're going to take a disappointing trip back to the 1976 Bicentennial <laughs> celebration. Ooh, hear that? Disappointing. You got the dud. You got the dud! Wel- <laughs> Welcome to Philadelphia. You got the dud. Happy 1976. <laughs> Well, th- this episode kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of our previous episodes. It's uh... <laughs> the "You've Got the Dud" series. Yeah, this is uh... <laughs> the Liberty we... Games. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Photo Olympics. Yeah. The, uh... the Susquecentennial Edward celebration. Bacon. Yeah. Edward Bacon's. 
<laughs> Edward Bacon, South Street. Yes, that's another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, this, just, uh, but F- just failures. Failure after failure. <laughs> the World's Fair <laughs> 2. Yeah, the World's Fair. This is a... Uh, we're going to talk about... The world... But... but the world's biggest spoon was uh, was not a failure though. That was that was like no. That's the first one. That was the first. That one. was There's, an achievement. We, we do yeah, cover was the, so many. That duds. was the actual uh, uh, centennial. The '93 Phillies were duds. Uh, Come on, there's a lot of duds. What's we gotta start doing more murder things? That's what people want to hear about. <laughs> that's what people ask. Did you hear? What, did, did you hear, hear the beginning? Did, yeah, I, that people yeah. ask that. What's the, People do what's ask it all the time. Can you do the murder one? Um, <laughs> do you guys uh, do you guys have any recollection of the bice? I mean, obviously, none of us were born during the bicentennial. Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> do you have any recollection of living in a post bicentennial world? <laughs> oh, post bicentennial. Uh, I I remember washed out American flag, painted things in the city like street poles and. Fire plugs. Fire plugs, fire hydrants for people outside of South Philly. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. That's what they're things called. like things were drawn in the street. There's like like giant like like paintings of like Lincoln or or Washington, George Washington painted on things. Uh I don't know. It had like a I don't want to say a true street artness to it, but it was definitely things that could be painted were painted red, white, and blue. Uh and I don't know, I collected the quarters all the time when I was a kid for some reason. <laughs> is that when they redid the quarters the quarter had like a different back in the in 76 nice probably minted here right here in philadelphia we should do an episode on the mint yeah yeah Franklin it's another mint. classic but i kind of i kind of remember a lot of the uh washed out american flag stuff there was a couple of murals in my neighborhood where uh the the American flag had been painted on a big cinder block wall, and the the stars are replaced with a seventy six, and inside the thirteen stars in a oh, circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember asking my parents, I was like, "What is it? What, what's this all about? Why are all these American flags around?" And they told me it was for America's two hundredth birthday. They were like, "Communist little Zeta was like, why are there all these American flags around?" It did seem. It just seemed like you know inside comrade, comrade John. It just seemed like if you don't have enough for everybody, then. Then why you why are you why are you hoarding? Everybody it? should have tiny American flags. Yes, a few for everyone. <laughs> uh, but I asked my parents; they told me it was the two hundredth uh, America's two hundredth birthday, and I remember being like really upset. It, was, it sounds like a big party. It sounds like a good time. I was I was sad that I uh, I missed out on something like that. But you know, honestly, but it, it turns out as we've learned, like it was just a really hyped party. It wasn't actually a great party. Correct. It was a dud. A dud. Uh, a dud. <laughs> Yeah. I had I had a train set from when I was a kid. My parents had a train set, a Lionel trains that were 1776 themed and bicentennial nice. themed. Yeah, there, like when we were as a child of the 80s, you there, there was just things left over from this uh, event. Yeah, uh, I I specifically remember the fire plugs too. Uh, it, it's funny and how they kind of like faded away over the years, and then they just ended up like with no paint on them because like somebody did it with house paint. It wasn't like. It wasn't like metal paint that was gonna like last forever. It was like gone by the late eighties. I don't know that I've I don't know that I've seen that. So so they were painted red, white, and blue. Yeah, even the telephone poles. Um, they would mm. they would do them like in a stripe going up, red, white, and blue. And uh, it was all mm. over my neighborhood down in South Philly. I remember seeing it in Center City when my parents took me up there. 
And this stuff stuck around for a good number of years, but then by the early 90s, it had all just kind of like washed off. And like I said, yeah. the uh, they didn't bird use the right poop. paint. Yeah, you the know. bird poop on it now. Yeah, people people opening yes, the plug bird. every year and, and all the rain coming down, washing washing the, 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 the street poles mm-hmm. clean. And this stuff just kind of went away. But for a long time, for a while anyway, it was like very nationalistic in South Philly. It was very, it was very red, white, and blue. Yeah, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we get into it, I want to mention that uh, a lot of the information from this week's episode comes from an article by Madison Eggert Crow and Scott Gabriel Knowles. So thank you for their thank research you. in advance. Thanks for the info. Everything else came from Wikipedia. And we won't thank Wikipedia because Zito gives them three bucks a year. So uh, three bucks, the, the, One for each of us. us. A dollar for each of us. I make three separate donations. Of one dollar. Of one dollar. In the early 1960s, more than a decade in advance of the Bicentennial, city planning director Edmund Bacon initiated bold plans for the celebration with an additional element, a World's Fair. He wanted to use the nation's birthday and the international profile of the World's Fair and the federal dollars these would bring to advance the agenda of Philadelphia City Planning Commission. Bacon imagined a thorough redevelopment of the waterfronts in Center City, as well as a midway concept that would close Chestnut Street to vehicles except for open-side electric streetcars. An overhead tram would move visitors across the Schuylkill to fairgrounds in Fairmount Park, the same location of the Centennial in 1876. Nice. Yeah, so I guess the idea was uh, the Bicentennial would be in the same vein as the Centennial, but anybody who listened to the World's Fair episodes knows that the first one is really hard to replicate and that's why edmund bacon did it because uh so it would tie in with our podcast episodes mm-hmm. yes yeah well mm-hmm. what did we say last week it's a rich tapestry it's all connected <laughs> what did i say last week i said it you still i'm pretty that. sure i'm pretty sure I, I that was me i i have to go back and listen <laughs> so uh the initial planning group and Bacon's early visions were pushed aside. If we um, had action figures of people on the show. <laughs> at, at... What? <laughs> Go ahead, say it. If we had action figures of the show, Edmund Bacon would have his own action figure because he's on <laughs> the show. He he isn't a lot of episodes. He isn't a lot of episodes. Very influential. It would be like Edmund Bacon with uh with uh, uh he he has like a, a, what's that a T square or like that's like, his, <laughs> like that's that's his like is what is that's his thing his accessory yeah it's all leading to the movie Tremors you were saying if there was an Edmund Bacon action figure but what if there was an Edmund Bacon robot like a giant one I don't know one well, that like gets, why why gets back involved with city planning. But like, but he's scary though, and he threatens people if they don't do it. Well, yeah, like, yeah. He threatens city council. Just kidding, it's a sex robot. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Bacon's gonna be mad. I know. Michael Bacon listens. <laughs> Michael Bacon. The initial planning group and Bacon's early vision were pushed aside by a vocal coalition of architects, planners, and reformers. In response, the Bicentennial Corporation appointed Catherine Sue Leslie, a housing reform activist, to lead the Agenda for Action. 
This initiative aimed to include minority voices in the bicentennial planning, and Leslie developed a low-cost rival vision of the bicentennial built around a scattered site concept that would highlight the racial and ethnic diversity of Philadelphia. At the national level in 1966, the Lyndon B. Johnson administration created the American Revolution Bicentennial Commission, ARBC, which was charged with creating events around the country. (laughs) Yep. Really rolls off the tongue. ARBC. You should really start with what you want the acronym to be and work backwards from that. I know it seems it seems like that's cheating. No, yeah, that's like, like Project Zito. What? Project What's it stand Z-I-T-O. for? Yeah, Project pick something Z-I-T-O. for Z. Pick some, what does Z? What does Z stand for? It stands for Zito, Zebras. and I hate that. I hate <laughs> no, it's it, it's Zito, and I hate I hate when acronyms use the the ac, the name of the acronym. In the that's acronym. I'm with Jeez. you on that, Pyramid. I'm with you and, on and that. His and his does that. His yeah, Zito. Every time I see it, every time I see it, every time he gives me. Every time I see him, he gives me one of his business cards, and I look at it, and it pisses me off every time. It pisses me off too. And it's like I have twelve of these. I don't need another one. I already have your number. I, I always forget I, we've met. We follow each other on Twitter. We, <laughs> we don't need your number. Who are you? <laughs> uh, that's why he's successful. That's why he. That's why he owns uh, mm-hmm. Zito, the uh, whatever that stands for. That sex robot company. The sex robot company. <laughs> I'm sorry, parts robot company. Robot. They company. just make. They just make parts, though. They don't. We just make robot parts. We just make robots. Yeah. What you do with them is your business. Tobacco use only. Sure. We don't judge. Got it. <laughs> um. I don't know. I don't know. Sex robots. Oh, back to the bicentennial. Bicentennial. Boston emerged as a rival to Philadelphia, garnering more federal funding and media attention. In Philadelphia, meanwhile, the Bicentennial Corporation was chartered. Boston, boo, boo. Yeah. They were getting a lot of the cash. So Philadelphia had to charter their own Bicentennial uh, uh, Association to begin raising funds, gather public support, and elaborate on the theme of the Bicentennial and the World's Fair. In 1969, a Philadelphia delegation presented the ARBC with its Towards a meaningful bicentennial plan with the uh, <laughs> what a terrible title! Yeah, this is so bad. That's why yeah. they failed. I mean, they couldn't even do that right. It's very soft. It's very non-committal. <laughs> I can't believe Arkabuk <laughs> didn't come up with a great name. Meaningful, meaningful. Like what meaning? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. It's definitely the "We're Getting There" of bicentennial slogans. <laughs> <laughs> They planned to build a big megastructure at the center of uh, five different core areas in the city to demonstrate the innovative ways to solve America's urban problems, which is like, I don't know if that's code for anything, but... I'm sure it was. (laughs) Yeah. Anticipating an estimate 100 million visitors, the projected costs totaled more than a billion dollars. That's a billion dollars in 1976, so it's probably like a trillion dollars now. Unfortunately, we'll never know. Oh, man. The uh, ARBC rejected the plan, and in Philadelphia, a bitter divide developed along racial lines over the thematic focus and the locations uh, of the sites. By 1972, progress had completely stalled, and Mayor Frank Rizzo canceled the World's Fair part entirely, leaving only the Bicentennial commemoration to go forward. So they'd rather have nothing than something. (laughs) Classic, classic Philadelphia. 
We should make that a shirt. I'd rather have nothing than something. But it's not a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just, you just mark it on their body. It's just nothing. Come to the yeah. Shop. yeah, yeah. You bring your shirt to us and we'll write on it with yeah, a Sharpie. Yeah. yeah. That's art now. Nothing. Now it's on eBay it for nothing. $200. So they had these big plans for a World's Fair. They were going to do all this new construction and stuff. And uh, Frank Rizzo was like, you can't play nice. You can't have anything at all. So he canceled the World's Fair part of it leaving only the Bicentennial, which was uh, going to be mostly federally funded. I can't believe the city blew this. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess in the lead-up to it... You, you can't believe the city blew this? <laughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. I, I can believe the city blew it. It saddens me that it... That it's it had, sad. That, 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 that <laughs> <laughs> Beerman's like, use your words. Use <laughs> your... You really can't believe that happened? Yes, I guess I can believe that happened. <laughs> I saw somebody um, post about the uh, Sixers. They were like, uh, uh, they were like, I'm sorry, I haven't posted in a while. I mean, like, I, I hope they don't listen because I'm making fun of them. But the, the, they were like, I haven't posted in a while, but I was traumatized by the Sixers losing. It's like, traumatized? This happens four times a year. <laughs> like, like, it literally... It happens four times a year for the rest of Look, all of our when lives, the, probably. When the, when the Phillies won the World Series, people had such a taste for it, they thought they were going to win two more years in a row. I know. Like, like, you know, yeah. it's like you get a taste of it and you want it so bad. Like, yeah, the, yeah, this is the Eagles year. Look. Sit, it's sit, never sit, it is. Sit it never is. Sit Except down. that one time is. it was. That and happened it was amazing. once. That, we traded it all in for that. It, we sold our souls for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's it. That's it. To the, to yeah, we need more to people to move to town so we can sell their souls. <laughs> so we can move away. <laughs> it's like a twilight zone. Of, uh, yeah, it's the only way you get out. You got to get somebody to replace you. Somebody from Phoenix has to move here. <laughs> yeah, I got a job opportunity. Uh, I got to I got to get out of town. Have you recruited anyone from the square states? You know, Philly's better than Bethesda, Maryland. I'll say it. I just told you shit on Bethesda. <laughs> uh, Rizzo thought he had the the funding locked up. He had received assurances from President Nixon that Philadelphia would get a hundred million dollars in federal funds uh, for the celebration. Um, unfortunately, uh, fortunately, depending on. But uh, then Nixon resigned in 1974. And so Philadelphia didn't get the entire $100 million, and the city was left with a reduced celebration. <laughs> so <laughs> Rizzo put all of his eggs in that Nixon basket. <laughs> and deal with the devil, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> uh, I'm glad Nixon. Nixon hasn't been on in a while. <laughs> We've talked about it, about Nixon and Rizzo before and that they had a close political relationship. And so for the years leading up to the Bicentennial, Rizzo thought he had this on lock. He was like, yeah, that, that money's coming. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, we're going to have all the fireworks, all the tall ships. You better believe it. It's like the My Pillow guy, dude. He was like, I'm in on those. I, 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 got, I got this forever now. Yeah, like being rude to everybody else. To- <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm friends with the president. I'll do whatever I want. And I assure yeah, you, the exactly. tide will never turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, 
Gravy days forever. A uh, billion dollars in 1976 is worth four billion seven hundred and thirty-one million dollars, nineteen thousand three hundred thirty-two dollars and sixteen cents. Nice, nice. That's wild because I think the national government is where they they inject like a billion dollars into the city for like recovery, and the city's gonna like use it for these things, like these things, not like to have a celebra- a seventeen seventy-six celebration. Like they didn't even know what to do. They were painting the light poles red, white, and blue. Yeah, they were just saying, like, like spend it any like, way you can. Schools and like and, and like the, the roads and I like it's so we painted serious. the fire hydrants. What more can we do? Are these is these the biggest fireworks you have? <laughs> Are they the loudest? This is the loudest you got. Well, just give me a ton of them and I'll distribute them for the uh, until at least twenty twenty one. That's what that's what all these fireworks are, are stocked up. They're all stocked the up from the, from the bicentennial. It's a billion dollars. <laughs> <That's what's laughs> fireworks around the that's city, all 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 for the past two years. This is what <laughs> that's what a billion dollars of fireworks gets you. Yeah, gets you like fifty years worth pops, bangs, <laughs> snakes, sows, <laughs> snakes. snakes. It's all snakes. <laughs> Uh, the year packed with bicentennial-themed events began on New Year's Eve 1976 as thousands came to Philadelphia to witness the Liberty Bell being moved from Independence Hall to a new pavilion on Independence Mall. Do you think everybody was like, they're going to drop, they're going to break it again, so let's let's go see it. Yes. It's going to be American Absolutely. history. It's right? like yeah. when people like, see somebody jumping off a, off a building, they yell jump. It's like, <laughs> they're like ring it again. <laughs> It was a big deal when they moved it from this pavilion to where it is now, um, back in the early 2000s. Uh, after after 9-11, they built it a new home in at Independence uh, Mall, and when it was a big deal when they moved it because it was like that guy tried to hit it with a hammer the year before or did hit it with a hammer the year before successfully. So they were like, we need we need thicker velvet ropes around this bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friend of the show, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's E-listens. He writes in. <laughs> we have a substantial prison listening audience. <laughs> He's definitely out by now. <laughs> they play it in prisons to uh, get uh, info out of people. They play, they play it. Right. It's over the loudspeaker at Gitmo, right? Mm, right. From January through October, daily events, including activities such as puppet shows, street theater, and concerts, were hosted by the city. <laughs> so every day it was something. But, it, but it's sometimes show. it's a puppet show. Sometimes it's a puppet show. <laughs> like, like, here's Patty LaBelle. Here's a puppet show. Here's... Uh, I'm going to go to the Patty LaBelle one, <laughs> I think. It was random. You showed up. You They didn't tell you before you got there. <laughs> you don't know what you're going like, to get. Oh, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's like damn the it. David Letterman's talk show. It's <laughs> the president. Uh, it's a puppet. Was Nixon there? <laughs> Nixon. No, Nixon had resigned by this point. Nobody wanted him around. He was the antithesis uh, of America in 76. Lost all his friends. Oh, poor Nixon. <laughs> yes, poor Nixon. <laughs> poor paranoid authoritarian. The NCAA Final Four tournaments, as well as all the all-star games for the professional baseball, basketball, and hockey teams were hosted in Philadelphia that year as well. So it was a big sports year in town. On May 31st, 1976, Carl Walenda, the famous tightrope walker, walked across Veterans Stadium on a 640-foot-long wire. Uh, I, I'm familiar with that image. That's I know. This cool. is a, 
Yeah, yeah. So it turns out uh, Walenda unfurled. Uh, yeah, I guess be hyped. That's USA. Yeah, yeah. Walenda unfurled a bicentennial and American flag from his balancing bar after doing a headstand hundreds of feet over second base. What? Yeah. This was That's actually awesome. this was actually Walenda's <laughs> second trip over Veterans Stadium, having done the walk before the home opener in 1972. So he was a big crowd. Wow. Oh, they I think that's what back. I was thinking of. Wild, wild. Yeah. The vet used to have so yeah. many like antics. They used to have the kite man yeah. too. And they used yes. to like yeah. parachute into it. Like they definitely <laughs> <laughs> explore. <laughs> yeah. We need more fun show like that. Man, that's yeah, wild. Yeah, the um I was then look I then I looked up, I was like, What happened to Carl Walenda? And apparently he fell to his death a few le- years later in Puerto Rico, uh, by trying to walk the tightrope between Jesus. two ten story buildings. Uh the wind knocked him off. He was seventy three years old, still still walking. Seventy wow. three skywalking, yeah. Jesus. I guess you kinda know that's how you're gonna die if you do that all the time. <laughs> I feel like he must have committed to that idea, yeah. If you're no, I don't if know, you if you're seventy if you're seventy three, it's just like I'm like, know. I'm pretty good at this. I don't think he was going to die. I don't know. It's, it's pretty risky. I think it's worth it. A, That's crazy, I, man. 73. I mean, 70, you know, you could have a kink in your leg and, and go over. Yeah. When do you give it up? When do you give it up? I'm I'm giving up now. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I give up. Is there a video of him walking across the... I could not. I couldn't find it. I'm sure it was recorded. The whole thing took 18 minutes. Um, mm. People were... Uh, People were dead, deadly silent. The article says so. Um, oh wow! Weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. The week leading up to the July Fourth celebration was named Freedom Week and featured even more daily celebration. Street parties, parades, picnics, concerts, and fireworks filled the sky throughout the week. A 2076 time capsule was buried at Second and Chestnut Streets. Whoa! Yeah, you want to go dig that up? Let's go dig that up. What do you think was in that? What do you think is in it? Yeah, what do you think it's in? It? What do you think is in it? Tasty cakes, right? Old tasty cakes. Old ass tasty cakes. I don't know. I, I, was the city like self aware at the time to know what like Hall and Oats records? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. What do I think is in there? Probably gold. I mean, all buried treasure. Okay. All good buried treasure is gold. Yeah, gold. absolutely. Gold? Definitely. Yeah, definitely second and chestnut. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely you gold. Think there's buried you know? gold over there. Yeah, I do. I, you know what? They I buried, think I do. They buried gold. All right. Maybe that's what this episode. What's the title? The buried gold and. <laughs> can, we, can the buried gold be haunted too? Why not? I mean, can we? Can it be haunted? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's got a ghost in there. All right. There's a ghost ah, okay. in there. Let's, let's, okay. Fine. All time I'm capsules have buried. Gold. They put George Washington's ashes in there with the with with, with Abraham Lincoln's gold. Mm-hmm. Well, it's mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln's gold now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why not? Mm-hmm. Abe Lincoln's Haunted Gold. <laughs> I'd see that movie, dude. Rasputin's Wiener. <laughs> Rasputin's Wiener guards it. Yeah, that's why nobody's dug it up. It guards it. Oh my God. You ever see that? It's like in a, it's in a museum. <laughs> really? Yeah. It belongs in a museum. It belongs <laughs> in a museum. Well, that's what's buried there. It's... Dick. Well, it's the it's the ghost of Rasputin's dick. It's not like his actual oh. dick. His actual oh. dick is in this museum, but the the so ghost of Rasputin's it. dick is haunted. You're saying? Well, it's haunting, well, I guess. It is haunting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we got from sex robots to Rasputin's dick, but we did. 
We did it. Well, Congratulations, we did it. guys. It's, we're gonna win a, it's we're first, definitely gonna win a it's, potty it's, this year. A potty? Yeah, it's a podcast award. It's a it's the oh, filthy podcast I, I, awards. I heard potty like P O T T it. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a play on words. Potty yeah. potty mouth podcast because we talk yeah. we curse yeah. so much. It's like Andrew Dice Clay's podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hickory Dickory Doc. <laughs> it's Quentin Tarantino's podcast. Um, in addition to the time capsule, uh, a fifty thousand pound Sara Lee birthday cake was served at Memorial Hall. Wow! Whoa! Everyone in the city got a slice. No, no, it was only for the mayor. And he ate it all himself. They, they, they all had to sit there and watch him eat. It. He like swam no in else. it. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even want it. That was the thing. He didn't even like sweets. Not for nothing. I would, if I was the mayor, I would do that shit. Now you'll all watch me. I guess like people want authority so they can make break their own rules and 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 act like that. So. What's the point, right? Yeah, if you were king, you would get you would make yourself a fifty thousand pound cake. It's like, yeah, let them eat cake, just not my cake. The water ice episode, the like the the king went and told people the uh, the recipe. Yeah, the big he hoarded water ice. it. Yeah, I mean, come on, the, yeah, hoarded it. King of Sardinia, come on. <laughs> <laughs> a month before the celebration, Rizzo alleged protesters were plotting to ruin the ceremonies. A quote: "A bunch of radicals, leftists." intend to come here by the thousands from all over the country to disrupt, end quote. He was requesting 15,000 federal troops, uh, National Guard, to come and help keep the peace in the city. He was like, Antifa's coming. Antifa's coming. (laughs) Here comes the Beach Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no one, no one, uh, there was no intelligence to support Rizzo's accusations, so he didn't get his troops from the federal government, but he issued ominous warnings uh, on the news, including one on July 3rd, quote, I hope and pray that nothing occurs, but all I know is this, a lot of people are coming to this town who are hell-bent on violence, end quote. Uh, an expected crowd of 70,000 people for the parade was about half that, thanks to Rizzo's, Rizzo's fretting. Uh, even uh, entire marching bands uh, from from local area schools stayed home, wary of violence promised by the mayor. Yeah, they would have to like beat people off with trombones and all. Yeah, that's the wor- that's the <laughs> dystopian Mad Max world that Rizzo was painting for them. He was like, "Don't come to my city; it's hell yeah. here." It's you think E flat horn can uh, can 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 fight off all these people? You lay off the Barry Sachs pyramid. <laughs> no, I'm sick of it. Uh, so a lot of this, a lot of this hysteria, kind of just drove down the numbers and kept people away and made it kind of wow. an underwhelming experience. Yeah. So uh, on July fourth, seventeen seventy six, the ceremony on Independence Mall featured President Gerald Ford, Pennsylvania Governor Milton Chap, and Philadelphia Mayor Frank Rizzo, with the actor Charlton Heston as the master of ceremonies. Yeah. Makes 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 more sense. Yeah, it really kicked things off. And uh, following the ceremony, a five-hour parade featured floats from every state. Five hours. Five hours. Charlton Heston sat there perfectly still the whole time. Following the ceremony, a five-hour parade featured floats from every state uh, and 40,000 marchers. An estimated two million visitors came to Philadelphia to attend these events. Um, But as we were talking about earlier, they expected 70,000 people at this parade. About half that came, so... An estimated 2 million visitors came to Philadelphia to attend the events overall. On July 6th, Queen Elizabeth of Great Britain herself visited, and uh, along with Prince Philip, 
presented the Bicentennial Bell, uh, made in the same foundry as the original Liberty Bell. The Bicentennial Bell rang at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. for many years from its tower on 3rd Streets between Chestnut and Walnut Streets. I remember hearing it ring um, back when, like, college age, high school, college age. And uh, I looked it up uh, right before we started the episode, and I was like, why 11 a.m. and 3 Why 3 p.m.? And it turns out that's tea time. So they gave us this oh. American bell, but there's like a there's like a fuck you in there's there. Like some, yeah. There's like a uh, <laughs> like a, an audio brainwash cue to make you think of British culture. So they're trying to they're trying dude, they're trying to they're trying to get us back. They want us back. They're like an ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> they still got Canada, you know. Mm. Canada yeah. says it's going to leave, but it never does. It does. Always, always. <laughs> Poor Canada. <laughs> Thinks they're going to work it out someday. Poor Canada. <laughs> uh, during the year-long celebration, Valley Forge, uh, up to this time uh, just a state park, became Valley Forge National Historic Park. Uh, on nice. Big deal. It's a big deal in the, in the, in the national park. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's quite an upgrade. Now you can look down on other parks. Yeah, they're right. state parks. Uh, on July 3rd, the winter campsite of George Washington's Continental Army served as the final destination for a commemoration of the westward wagon treks of the 19th century. Six wagon trains totaling 200 wagons. <laughs> That's how long it took them to get there. They, they left in the 19th century, and, uh, and <laughs> they made it in 1976. This is them returning. This was, this was 200 wagons, which had traveled for months from all over the nation, uh, which converged in Valley Forge in front of a crowd of nearly a half a million people. This was one of the larger events uh, for the bicentennial. Man, that that must have sucked riding a riding a wagon for like six months in the seventies. I guess they got police escort over some of these highways or whatever. It'd uh, be kind of fun. Yeah, I, definitely I eating beans. Maybe for a little bit, six months of that though. <laughs> I don't know. It's like reverse Oregon Trail. People still got dysentery and, and died on that trip. It was just like. <laughs> Instead of dysentery, though, it was like gonorrhea. So. <laughs> <laughs> From all the sex with robots on their covered wagon no, journey. No, no, no. Robot sex Thanks is to clean. Z-I-T-O Industries. <laughs> This is generational wealth I'm building over here. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the patriotic events came counter-demonstrations. Two groups of Philadelphia citizens, the July 4th Coalition and the Rich Off Our Backs Coalition, staged marches and demonstrations during Freedom Week to oppose the celebration. They should have had these people name the thing, not the, what is it, toward a meaningful bicentennial? These people know how to name shit. Yeah, man. rich off our backs, you you know exactly what they're yeah, getting that's at right a, there. Yeah, that's like a punk band, dude. I want to buy their album. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing, though. They they don't collaborate, and that's the problem. They need better PR is what you're saying. They need better PR. Their plans prompted Mayor Rizzo to request those 15,000 federal troops uh, to maintain order, a request that was denied, as we mentioned before. Despite Rizzo's concerns, the demonstrations in Fairmount Park and Norris Square Park were very peaceful. There were no incidents. Nice. Yeah. Peaceful demonstrations. Name of the game. So Philadelphia's bicentennial celebration concluded to mixed reviews. The event introduced many thousands of Americans to the urban renewal and historic preservation successes of the post-war period in the city. 
The three blocks uh, composing Independence Mall were added to the Independence National Historical Park in 1973, and the historic buildings in the park were refurbished. Society Hill neighborhood... They, they hosed them down. They did, they they tore a lot of I, I got this this book of like it's called like Philadelphia then and now and it's a picture of where the uh, where the Liberty Bell is now and I guess the Liberty Bell was inside Independence uh, Hall before that and there was just like regular shops and buildings and like turn of the century style like early twentieth century style buildings like five stories tall you know fire escapes on them just like packed into that area and I guess they tore all of that stuff down to. Uh, in the post-war urban renewal period uh, by Edmund Bacon to make room for this uh, Independence Mall area where they put the Liberty Bell on display. But the whole time we were growing up, that whole area was like, it was just like a swampy mess because they never really built anything permanent and it was just like a giant lawn at 4th and, and Market and it was just always getting flooded by the rain. It was like totally unused until the early 2000s, until they rebuilt it. Mm. So they added it to the National Historic uh, Preservation, but it um, or the National Historic Park System, but it uh, it didn't really it didn't really get a facelift into two, until two thousand. Yeah, center, center center city, different vibe back then. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is I'm not sure how successful this urban renewal process you know really was. I think sometimes these guys in the post war period were just like tear down those ugly buildings, not giving any kind of thought to what kind of stores were in those buildings who lived above those buildings and what kind of like communities they were ripping up by like, by being like, look at all this grass at fourth and market. You know, it was, there was, mm-hmm. there was build something. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They didn't replace it with anything. Like a roller coaster. Yeah. A Ferris wheel would be nice. Yeah. Thankfully they've, they've uh, managed to make that happen down at the Franklin park. So progress. It's not as big though. It could be bigger. Yeah. Could be bigger. There. Could I said bigger. it. The Society Hill neighborhood, uh, Elfrith's Alley, which I always have trouble pronouncing, Penn's Landing were all popular sites during the celebration, which got facelifts before the summer of 76. The Afro-American Historical and Cultural Museum, now the African-American Museum in Philadelphia, and the Mummers Museum both opened in 1976. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So they're like, they're really honoring those those uh, cultures. So this is, this is like what the city decided to spend their money on. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's something, there's just, like, something really funny to me about, like, like, there's an African-American history museum, and it's, like, it's, like, we're, this is a really serious place, and this, this is a, 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 a lens being focused on something really important, and it's, like, what do you guys want? And, like, a mummer's museum! We want a museum to mummin! <laughs> the, the history of ostrich feathers, a 26-part... <laughs> Interactive experience. You know that one day a year where we dress like clowns? Let's make a, a museum to that. The Port of History Museum on Penn's Landing at Walnut Street was designed as a bicentennial gift from the state to the city, but it did not open until 1981. <laughs> you can't, you can't, we're going to give you this, but you can't open it for four years. <laughs> Five years. Uh, while Freedom Week brought large crowds to Philadelphia, attendance at Philadelphia's historic sites dropped quickly after. The total number of visitors to Philadelphia in 1976 was estimated to be between 14 and 20 million, which fell far short of the planners' expectations, which, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, was closer to 100 million. 
Much of the shortfall, shortfall may be attributed to fear of violence spread by media attention to the protests and the mayor's overreaction to them. I think that's a fair assessment, but also— Fair to say. Yeah, sure. Seems fair. But there was also, uh, a, like I said, a lack of money because—or uh, a lack of planning because of a lack of money. They planned to have a lot of money, and when they didn't, a lot of their plans didn't come together. Unrelated, but just as off-putting, there was also an outbreak of Legionnaire's disease during the Bicentennial. Yeah, oh, we talked about that. Yeah. Sure. We have uh, an episode on this. Our outbreak episode. I think it's called right. Philly Fever. With a PH. With a PH. You get it. Yeah, they get it. We're not above that. We're not above it. <laughs> Hundreds of members of the American Legion staying at the Bellevue Stratford Hotel contracted an infectious disease uh, through the hotel's air conditioning system, killing more than 30 Legionnaires uh, over uh, a couple of months. So if the threat of violence wasn't enough to keep you from the city's bicentennial events, the uh, the idea that you might catch a strange, unknown disease, there, you know, up until that point, unknown disease, uh, was was definitely the icing on the cake. Not fun. Not fun. Not a reason to visit. Despite Philadelphians' initial visions for a transformative event, the planning uh, price tag of more than $50 million may have been too high considering the lack of long-term benefits. Features that were meant to bring lasting value to the city, like the Living History Center or the Chestnut Street Transitway were considered a thorn in the city's sides just five years later. It would be a it would be hard to imagine a more challenging period of time with civil rights struggles, the Vietnam War, and Watergate fresh in people's minds, and the effects of racial strife, white flight, crime, and deindustrialization apparent in the uh, America's cities, not just Philadelphia. Uh, so it made it pretty hard to hold a patriotic celebration. Philadelphia could not reshape the larger context uh, of the bicentennial year, but showed up to party anyway. We did our best. We got real drunk. It, it, enjoy the feature film Rocky and leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. You're show. welcome, America. There you go. <laughs> there might have been disease in uh, this terrible party, but. Rocky came out that year. Rocky came out that year. And disco. And disco. Come on. What more do you want? Um, I looked it up. Boston had a very successful bicentennial. New York did okay. <laughs> well, you can't win them all. But what a, what a bot. What a, what a dud. What a dud. What a dud. <laughs> As they say, yeah, you know, it's really it is crazy because Philadelphia nowadays, I mean, the last like 20 years of my life, Philadelphia has had some great Fourth of July's. I, th I mean, we have great acts come to town. The Parkway is always uh, a fantastic party. And uh, sometimes they underestimate how many people are going to come out to these concerts and shows. And they're like, sorry, guys, sorry, the the subway was so slow. And we apologize for not planning ahead because there was so too many people. And the idea that they couldn't get enough people out here for America's 200th the, the Welcome America concert. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they started trying back then, and I don't know. I think people seem to like it. Yeah. Now they got their now they got their shit together. Now they know how to throw a party. Do you think that's done now? No, no way. I I think outdoor concerts. I mean, who can predict with this uh, Delta variant or whatever? But with the way things are set up right now, there's a but the trajectory think, to reopen for think, outdoor concerts and things. Yeah. But it probably won't be as big in like for like a couple of years. At least, right? I don't know, man. Have you seen since the or bars reopened, the streets again. are just full of people hanging outside of these bars. I think mm -hmm. that I think that people are itching to get back to it. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I'm going to stream it. I'm going to watch it online. Yeah, you can't stream fireworks. It's not the same. <laughs> I guess that's true. They're Hol hologram fireworks. Yeah, it's not the same. 
It's just going to be, this 4th of July is just going to be me, my wife, our robot, and some fireworks. Okay, that's pretty much all there is to know about the botched bicentennial. Please check out our website, www.southfellini.com, for cool Philly inspired merch. Check out our Instagram for more duds. For more duds. <laughs> Check us out. <laughs> Duds of your own. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at South Fellini everywhere. Follow along and join in the conversation. We want to hear from you. Look out for new episodes of the podcast every Monday. Stay safe. Wash your hands. They're saying to wear a mask again, and I really I hope you got vaccinated. I worry about you. But just, just take it easy. Take care of yourself. And each other. Leave us a good review on Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.